This podcast follows the ordinary stories of entrepreneurs in the financial industry who broke their false beliefs, built companies, lost everything, and yet found the motivation to persevere in their stillest hour. Irresistible offer component number two. We're in a 10-part series currently about offer creation. And if you're wondering about offer creation, it really is the number one driver of profit revenue in your business. And it's what drives the freedom in your business. So your your ability to get your time back. And that's why offers are so exciting to me is because people with, you know, more minor tweaks um, that they can do to the, the the way they present and the way they structure their business and service can get these dramatic gains of getting time back and being able to charge uh, a lot more. And so we're going through, and uh, this is irresistible offer component number two. And the goal is here, find out what your ideal client truly values, and then trim low margin difficult work and add high margin work that you love and that they value. So before we get going kind of with this component number two, keep in in your mind, um, who is this client, this ideal client of yours who you maybe have loved doing work for? So think about the past year, maybe you have one or two people, one or two businesses, and they were just completely amazing to work with and you love doing work with them. So keep those people in your mind, keep that feeling in your mind, keep keep what it was that you did for them and how you know they felt towards you um, and keep that in mind as as we go forward. We're gonna be thinking about this second component. We've, we've dealt with the first component in uh, Irresistible Offer component number one, which is niching, finding your niche, niching down, some of the fears around niching um, and what it really accomplishes for you. So now once we've done that and we're thinking about our ideal client, Uh, We come to this next component, which is once we really find out what this ideal client values, we're able to trim low margin, difficult work that the client, you know, our ideal client, they may not even value. And we want to add high margin work that we love to do for them and that they really value. And that's that's the goal. And if we can do that, we can charge more and we can also get some of our time back. So. You don't, you don't have to solve um, every single one of your client's problems with your service. And I think we know this kind of intuitively. In fact, we wanna be specific on what outcome they can expect, which you know won't likely solve everything. Think about it like this. I help XYZ, certain subset of people, with a specific result in XYZ time period without you know bad thing that they're terrified of happening to them, right? So. Um, you know, identify a dream outcome that can help your client achieve, one that you're passionate about, not just one that makes you money. Then list out all of the real and perceived problems your client's struggling with. Um, and the perceived is, is key. It's not just their actual problems. It's what they perceive to be problems and struggles. And then, of course, your service is the solution to those problems. But in this process, what do we do as creators, as, as entrepreneurs, you know, in wanting to do a great job for our clients, and it's why people like us, it's why we have some organic traction, it's why, you know, clients are coming to us and saying, you're doing a great job. So in wanting to do that great job for our clients, we often impose our idea of a great job on them. And this leads us to create many components in our service that are very difficult to deliver and very low margin. And, um, the, the sad reality is that those components 
our client might not even value. So here's an example. Let's say you're a model, um, say a male model, um, living in El Paso, Texas. Now, as a model, and let's just say you're just starting out, right? So you, you know, you're kind of getting your styles and your poses, and you have all these dreams about the the type of companies you can model for. Maybe you want to act someday. You know, maybe you want to be uh, an extra. You know, to start, and then you know, become a main. You know, have a main role. And so you're like, okay, you've got Instagram all up, and you want to be a model. And so your product is to start, right? Because you got to make some money. Your product is an hourly rate for businesses and photographers to shoot you. Um, you know, wherever. So they need someone to stand in for a couple hours, you'll charge them by the hour and they can shoot you. Now, you spend many hours working on your body, your outfits, your poses, your styles that you think are trendy. And um, then one day, knock comes on the, the DMs, the Instagram door, and a photographer reaches out from Tennessee wanting to hire your services for two hours to shoot and build their portfolio at White Sands National Park, which is uh, it's a little ways from uh, from El Paso. Now you're ecstatic, right? Someone's paying for your services. It's you know it's hard to make it out in the modeling industry until you're really big, until you have a massive portfolio, right? So you explain all the styles and all the themes you developed and all the hard work you've put into your photographer. But once you meet the photographer and you go on the shoot, you discover what they really value. Turns out. What they really valued is that you were super responsive and you weren't arrogant. They valued that you knew specific locations for cool spots, which would have taken hours otherwise to research. They valued that you let the photographer have some creative control over the shoot instead of forcing the shoot around your exact style as a model. And they value that you use your connections to organize one other model on location who you knew and had a connection to, right? To shoot as well, saving the photographer time and effort. And it turns out in the end for this male model living in El Paso, um, it turns out there was immense value in what you were already doing for free. In fact, the majority of the value actually in this case came from all the stuff you were doing for free, not on your body, not on all the styles you think are the most trendy, not on your outfits, not on your poses, right? And um, so it's, a little, it's, it's quite different actually than what you were anticipating. Now that same modeling professional can build an offer around helping photographers shoot at say White Sands National Park, emphasizing the above values and packaging everything together for two to 10 times the amount they were charging for two hours of work, right? Assuming they apply the other 10 aspects of irresistible offers, which we'll be getting into. So ask yourself, I mean, just, just think about this concept, right? This guy's making, you know, maybe two hours, say he's charging 60, 70 bucks an hour, you know, and you're thinking, oh, like if I charge 70 bucks an hour, that's great. You know, what is that? It's like $150,000 a year. So if I can just get 40 hours, you know, that's a really good living. That's pretty amazing. Um, and people, I don't know like what exactly they're valuing, but like, you know, I'll charge by the hour. Maybe they're valuing, you know, uh, how big my portfolio gets. or they're valuing what connections I have, or they're valuing the specific pose or style, right? So think about it. And these are all the thoughts you have going into this business. Um, but instead you need to ask yourself the question, what does the client truly value and, and build around what they're actually valuing? And so the question to ask yourself as a business, as a coach, as a consultant, what what might be the low cost thing to me 
that might be of immense value to my client or my prospect. And in this case, in the modeling example, um, the the model was helping the photographer with all the cool location spots. They knew all the all the spots in you know White Sands National Park or the Sandia, um, and that would have taken the photographer. Not only would it have taken the photographer hours to research, but they even in their research they just might not know. They just might not have the knowledge of the spots that are really excellent for light and you know all the rest, uh, just because they don't live there. So even in their research, they may not have been able to find it. And so, but but that's something you're already helping them out with for free. It's something you have knowledge of. It's, you know, it's once you have it, you have it, right? So there's a, a super low cost thing to you, but that's actually of immense value to the prospect. And so your ideal offer is going to give your clients an excellent outcome, but the steps in your offer to achieve that outcome should be built by trimming the difficult low margin services that you particularly don't like doing and adding high margin element elements that your prospect values. So in this case, the model, if the model adds to any package that they do, if they add location scouting and like location knowledge, uh, that automatically is making their entire service worth 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100% more um, just by doing that alone. Now, uh, another example for you is I, I was working with a survey company for small businesses and they help, just to kind of give you a picture of, of this, this concept, they help startups test their idea against the marketplace by surveying hundreds of real people to get their opinion. So, I, you know, and if you're an entrepreneur, right, like you've got lots of ideas. So you, you know, maybe you're writing them down, you've got them on your phone, you're always thinking about them, you see something that's not working, you're like, oh, that's a great idea, I should, I should build that. And then you get distracted and generally try to build it and your business crumbles, right? Because you're not focused. Um, happens to the best of us. So anyway, this company, they're like, okay, there's all these entrepreneurs with great ideas and entrepreneurs would probably pay to submit their idea to 300, 400, 500 real people and see what those real people think and see if their idea is valid. And that's what this founder helped entrepreneurs do and helped people who had ideas do. And so the founder would talk to every client that came in the door and he would help them develop specific questions to present their idea to the general public. And in this case, the general public was like two, 300, 400 people and you'd pay a you know, fixed fee and then you'd go, go out to ask your questions, get, a feed, get feedback for that startup idea. So he would talk to all the prospects, he'd help them structure their questions, and he had two goals. He wanted to sell more of his product, and he wanted to be less involved in the business. And he needed a way to increase the value so that he could charge more, and to start to trim the parts of the fulfillment that was sucking up all of his time and energy. Now his company had surveyed thousands of businesses, well, thousands of people from a bunch of businesses, and some were big companies like Axios, and SpaceX. Um, so he had access to this incredibly valuable data. So one component of improving his offer is to compile the most incisive questions that top companies have asked their prospects or have asked people, you know, the general public when testing their new startup idea. And a lot of those questions are around, do you like the concept? How much could we charge for this concept? All of that. And then so basically if he were to compile a list of all of those you know, excellent incisive questions that multi-million and billion dollar companies have asked, 
and then give that away for free as part of his offer would be really valuable, right? Because now he can say, now the small startup can survey the market with the same types of questions that SpaceX is asking when they're testing their ideas, right? See, the, fa the founder might take a few hours to compile that data, but it would result in a massive value increase to the product, and it's something they really couldn't get anywhere else. And this is just like another sort of dig against um, uh, traffic, right? Paid traffic. There's nothing wrong with paid traffic. It's just that when you get someone to run traffic for you or it's like, hey, I'll get you more clients from Facebook ads, Facebook ads aren't actually what's going to give you um, people coming to your website and booking a call or people reaching out to you. It's, it's, the, it's the offer concept that's going to snag those people. Um, so the offer concept in this case is significantly helped and your ads are going to convert way better and your landing pages will convert way better by simply saying, look, I'm giving this as, you know, for free, you're going to get this compilation of questions that all the top companies that we've worked with, including SpaceX are asking. And, uh, and that'd be really significant for a, for a small startup. So of course they're going to want to get on the phone with you a little bit more. They're going to want to convert a little bit more. They're going to want to, you know, give you money a little bit easier because the offer is just better. The other thing that this would start doing is it would start cutting down the owner's involvement as the questions would be more pre-made and you'd have a foundation to train and you know a replacement or to work towards complete automation. So since he increased the value, he could also charge marginally more. Um, now again, you have to combine like all 10 in irresistible offer components. This is just this is just one, but you can charge marginally more when your offer is made better. Um, and you would be able to charge marginally more just for this one tweak. A higher price puts him close to trimming his involvement in the business uh, as well. So in the end, find, start finding and eliminate difficult, more low margin work that the client doesn't even find that valuable. And then start stacking up the high value and high margin components of your service. So to help you out with this process, start thinking about the following questions to, um, you know, to find answers to these to to this this issue of like, well, what does the client really value? You know, like how can I figure out what my clients really value so that I can offer it to them? And then how can I kind of figure out like what I can give them that doesn't take me a lot of work or is low, you know, low cost to me, but high, high margin and really valuable to them. And so start thinking through some of these questions, you know, what and why does, does the client truly value? What do they really value? what's the biggest problem or pain your ideal client has encountered? And it might be surprising. Um, and you really have to listen to that client because they might say, say things like, well, you know, I actually really just wanted someone to hold me accountable. It's like, well, okay, you were doing that anyway. And holding someone accountable, it's not really costing you anything if that's kind of what your program's already doing, right? Um, so it doesn't, I actually just had this conversation with a client and, and they were like, yeah, I was talking with, couple of my clients um, called Hannah and Haley and they're like two of my ideal clients and it was really interesting because one of the one of the reasons they said they signed they signed up to this this whole expensive thing in this package which I didn't really anticipate is they just wanted to be held accountable because they knew they knew that you know they wouldn't do it otherwise well that's a that's a breakthrough right because the value you're giving them is really it doesn't take you a lot of effort you were already doing that in your program you're already going through all of that, but it turns out that was one of the triggers for this ideal client. Um, so something to keep in mind. Now that's not every client, but that's an example. What's the largest or the biggest pain or problem um, your client has encountered? What frustrates your ideal client the most? Um, 
what keeps your perfect client awake at night? And then this one's interesting. What's embarrassing to your ideal client or what's humiliating? Um, and if you can start to answer some of those questions, you can you can dig into what their where their value truly lies and what they really like at the core of their being when they see your product, your product or your service moves them to action, right? Because they're like, yes, this is I've always been embarrassed about that thing, and you know your service is going to help me. Um, and when and when you really tap into that feeling that's when you can start to piece together okay this is what's really valuable i'm going to put this and i'm going to adjust sort of the way i've packaged this together i'm going to adjust the way i present it and um and that's going to do two things for you it's going to allow you to increase your prices incrementally and it's going to allow you more freedom in your business because you're giving them the clients things they truly value but they're things that are easier for you to do um and and are you know less stressful and things that you're more passionate about. So start thinking through some of these questions. Think about the service that you currently provide and just ask yourself, you know, how do I, what, what's potentially low margin difficult work that the client doesn't even value? And, and what are some really high value, high margin things that I could add that would make this service even more valuable? So that's all we've got for irresistible offer component number two. Uh, we will be moving on to component number three. And this one's really interesting. Um, it's about constructing your offer around a single valuable outcome. Don't compete on price, benefits, or features. Um, a lot of service providers are competing on benefits, price, and features, and that creates all kinds of problems and isn't as valuable. We want to compete on a single, single valuable outcome that your client values. And we'll get into that um, next time. Until then, see you then. See you then. See you then.